Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. I know you'll be alright Even when times get hard And you feel like you're in the dark You will see Just how beautiful life can be When you soften your heart You can finally start To live your truthiest life. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Truthiest Life. I want to welcome you to Lisa Lately. This is a new series where I'm taking things off of my mind and I'm planting them directly into yours. A lot of things can happen in a day or a week or a month for me. I have really deep, juicy conversations with friends. I have really introspective thoughts, some of them that are kind of life-changing. I try products that are awesome. I have experiences that I grow through. And not all this good stuff gets mentioned or brought online. And a lot of it's getting lost along the way. So I created Lisa Lately, which is a little snippet into the things I forget to share that I think are actually worth sharing. I hope that everything I share on this series helps you live healthier and happier lives in both the shallow and deep capacities as I share some really fun, cool things and some really deep, meaningful things. Thanks for being here. And if you like this series, I'd love to hear your feedback on Instagram over at The Truthiest Life or feel free to leave a review on Apple iTunes and rate the podcast. That's how you show your love and support for this platform that I'm so grateful to have and share with you each week. Thanks for being here. Let's jump in. All right, Truthiest Life fam, you probably noticed that we got the glow up this past week. I've been teasing it for a while, but our revive, our rebrand is here. Check out that new cover art if you didn't already notice. I'd love to know what you think because me and my little team put months into trying to create and then fine tune the visual representation of what we, the Truthiest Life, really is and what we've grown into as a community. This podcast was created almost two years ago, and at the time, I really had no idea what our community would become, who our guests would be, what conversations we'd be having, and how deep we'd be going. 
And with time, it became even more complex and even harder to explain. And unless you're a regular Truthiest Life listener, you might not understand the complexities of what we're really about. I wanted to give off the vibe that we are unapologetic and raw. And at the same time, we are candid and light and show how those two things can coexist. I also wanted everybody who sees what we're going to be putting on our Instagram account over at The Truthiest Life on Instagram to get an invitation or a taste of what it feels like to truly live with an open heart and embrace authenticity even in those hardest of times. So with this new rebrand or revive, we're not just changing the cover art. It's not just an updated cooler logo, which by the way, I love, but we're also going to bring the Instagram to life as sort of a community platform and also use it as a way to amplify the conversations that we're having so that we can carry them beyond just listening to the podcast. So follow along over on Instagram, over at The Truthiest Life. And we hope that the powerful quotes that we very carefully select and pull from episodes will serve as a great reminder for you or be something that you can send to a friend or family member who might be in need of feeling validated or maybe use it as an invitation to dive deeper and listen to a whole episode about a topic that they otherwise feel like they're struggling alone with. We put a lot of work into this. So big thank you to Christina, who's the creative director behind this and Natalia, who's the designer who brought it all to life. It was a lot of back and forth to give off that bold, empowered, strong, yet also vulnerable, soft vibe. And I know that it wasn't an easy task and I was really specific It took a lot of time to get it right, but I'm so proud of it. I think it it truly is who we are. So again, follow The Truthiest Life on Instagram to stay inspired, connected, and provoke those deeper questions for you to ask yourself and continue to get those tools to live a healthier and happier life. You can expect more to come over on that Instagram account. All right. My first topic today on Lisa Lately is sharing a game or a set of tools that I've absolutely fallen in love with. It's called We're Not Really Strangers. And I shared it on my Instagram story this week. I found it by way of Christina. Shout out Christina, creative director, who I just mentioned. Christina's awesome. And We're Not Really Strangers. If you go to their website, they've got games and tools that they say will strengthen and deepen your relationships And most importantly, what I love is they include that most important one, which is the relationship to yourself. So they've got games for friendships, couples, self-love, family. If there's a relationship, this brand has thought of it. They've come up with amazing thought-provoking questions that help us dive deeper to either better understand ourselves as individuals or better understand those who we coexist with. It is such a truthiest life vibe that I feel like I could have made this myself, but they're made so well. They're really durable. They're aesthetically pleasing. And then most importantly, what I'm really impressed with is the content. The questions are deep and meaningful, and there's a lot to work through. And the coolest part is I feel like it'll never get old because even if you ask yourself that same question one week versus the next or one month versus the next month, those answers are always going to be changing. So this is a timeless investment in yourself. The one that I got for myself was the self-reflection kit and I also got the couples kit. I got the self-reflection kit for my own self-clarity purposes. This has been a very murky season for me. A little asterisk here. I think in all 
truthiest life living, we can expect different seasons where we're unsure of who we are. And there's nothing wrong with that. That doesn't make you inauthentic. It's just how life goes. And even though I have a lot of tools in my toolbox, I've had a really hard time, not just finding the time to better understand what's going on with me, but I've had a harder time utilizing time, even when I do carve it out. And this set of cards immediately cracked me wide open, impressed me so much. And with just a few cards, I felt like I was really starting to get the clarity that I've been craving for myself. So the couples one I got, of course, for me and Evan, my husband to use, and Evan and I have really good communication skills. It's something I'm super proud of as a couple and certainly is a result of, you know, being in other relationships before him. And then in our own relationship, really laying a good foundation, we can navigate bumpy terrain. Of course, we get upset with each other, but we're really good at backing it up and working through things at the root. Things obviously sometimes explode, but we have those good repair tools. At the same time, our lives are very busy. Evan works a ton and we kind of are like two ships in the night a lot of the time. And I started to notice that I'm craving a deeper connection with him. And sometimes I have these really meaningful, deep conversations with my girlfriends that I'd like to be having with him, but I struggle with that entry point as to how to have them. How can I create a setting when we have such limited time together to get serious? So I got this deck of cards, not knowing if it was going to be helpful or what it was going to bring up. And it was immediately effective. So again, it's this set of cards and each card has thought provoking questions that are insightful and help you go deeper and form meaningful connections to each other. So Evan picked up the card at first, kind of not knowing what it was. And I didn't preface, this is how you do it. And he totally misunderstood it and thought it was like a game of sure which by the way, made it 10 times cuter and funnier. And I let him totally run with it. Sometimes laughter is the best entryway into something that is serious. And I think we shouldn't be afraid of that or try and control the narrative when we are trying to, to go deep with somebody just as a, a little something to think about. If you're trying to have a conversation with somebody, but it's becoming too fun, maybe let it get fun and then see how it can go deep. So the first card that Evan picked said something like describe your first time meeting. And instead of him verbally describing our first date together, he actually acted it out. And Evan is actually really silly at his core, but it's not something, first of all, nobody online will ever see that. And even as his wife, I only get to see it very few times, but he immediately went into the silly mode and started acting out our first date, showing the Uber and the bar that we went to. And I couldn't guess what he was doing. And then I finally figured it out and I was hysterically laughing on the floor. Seriously, it is going to be in my memory bank forever as one of those moments where I absolutely loved our relationship. And it made me realize how cool these cards are because I feel like a lot of people in, in couples and partnerships are probably resistant to sitting down and doing the hard work. A lot of people have a lot of thoughts about couples therapy and they won't go. But when you approach it from a place that's fun, the whole dynamic really changes. And after the whole charade thing, I explained to Evan how the game really works and we played it. And I was so impressed with how one card in it already made such an impact on our relationship. 
The second card that we pulled said something like, when was the last time you felt loved by your partner when you otherwise weren't feeling lovable? And we both shared moments that stood out for us where the other one made us feel safe, seen, and loved. And we both had a little disclaimer that this wasn't the last, like most recent time, but rather the most memorable time that just kind of came up when we read the questions. Evan brought up a time a few years ago that I totally forgot about that I made him feel loved when he apparently wasn't feeling lovable. And I brought up a time a couple months ago where I was feeling really shameful and not proud of myself. And he really held me and made me still feel loved. And by digging up these memories that we otherwise just you know, we haven't brought up ever again since those moments, we really anchored into our roots as a couple. I felt appreciative of him. He felt appreciative of me. And I feel like in this quick, fast paced life that we all live, it's very easy and commonplace to complain about the things that your partner is doing. We are definitely guilty of that. And there's not a lot of opportunities to reflect on those moments that really tie you together. So I felt like this deck immediately brought us closer together. And because we have such limited time together, we're hoping that we could do a question or two a, a night before bed, along with playing Wordle. Evan and I play Wordle each night together. It's become this little ritual that we do, and it's, it's really fun. So we'll be doing Wordle together and then also picking a card from the deck of We're Not Really Strangers again. And again, these decks are not just for partners. There are ones for self-reflection that I used myself, and there are also ones for friendship and family. I've only tested out the ones for self-reflection and for a relationship. So those are the only two that I speak to. But I'd imagine, given how amazing and well done these two decks are that I did try out that the rest of the games are going to be equally as powerful. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, 
further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. The next topic on Lisa Lately I'm really excited to dive into is about using our love languages as an act of showing ourselves love. Hear me out on this one. Understanding our love languages is a concept that we all have different ways that we need to feel and express love. Typically, when we talk about love languages, we talk about them in the context of our partnerships and significant others. So the idea is if we know how our partner likes to feel love and experience it, we utilize that information to be better partners. It's very important in your partnerships to get to know your own love languages and your partners. I stand by that. But what I want to talk about a little bit more today is how knowing your own love language can serve as a way of showing yourself love. So let me back this up for one second for anybody who's not familiar with the love languages to tell you what they are. The different love languages are words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, gifts, and physical touch. And at first glance or hearing this, they might seem obvious, but they each have a little bit of deeper meaning. So words of affirmation are things like compliments, words of appreciation, saying things like I love you or verbal encouragement. Quality time is when you feel the most love, when your partner actively wants to spend time with you, is down to hang out, when they're actively listening, using eye contact, that whole fully present type of feeling. Acts of service is when you feel valued or loved when your partner goes out of their way to make your life easier or better for you. So if you're sick, they bring you soup. Or for me, an act of service is when on a Sunday morning, Evan makes me a cup of coffee before I've even thought about coffee and it's there waiting for me in the morning. And then there's gifts. And I am really going to get loud on this one that gifts are the most misunderstood love language. There's nothing wrong if gifts are your love language when you truly understand them. They seem very superficial, but they are truly about something much more. The idea is, is if you give somebody a gift that makes them feel loved. But in reality, gifts have a lot more to do, not necessarily with what the gift is or how much money was spent on it, but rather the time and effort and thought a person puts into selecting something and then presenting it to you. 
for me, gifts are a symbol of a thought behind the item. And I love gifts. And I think that a lot of people, including myself, are afraid to admit that this is their love language. But I've taken the time to delve deeper into why they're important to me. And I'm not ashamed anymore because it doesn't have to do with that monetary value. It's a symbol and it helps me to crystallize a moment in my life that I want to preserve that otherwise is fleeting and lost in the quick motions of life. So I'm going to get back to gifts in just a second, but that last love language is physical touch. So physical touch is when people feel the most loved when they receive signs of affection, whether that's being kissed or their hands being held or cuddling or things like that. When it comes to love languages, I feel like I check a lot of these boxes and I do fully rely on my partner to deliver them to me. I do have high expectations and I am constantly telling Evan, my partner, what I like to receive so that I can get it. In this last season of my life, becoming a mother, it occurred to me that the best way to have my needs met is to meet them myself, which makes the topic of love languages applicable for anyone listening. How can we use love languages for self-love? And first, just like when we are in a partnership, we need to get clear on what our love languages are. For myself, I have had different love languages help me foster self-love over time. Physical touch, holding myself, giving myself a hug has been a huge tool in helping me self-regulate in moments when I otherwise felt scared and out of my body. It can be really grounding to literally give yourself a hug. I'm doing it right now. Feel free to join me. In moments when I felt alone um, or broken, I've looked in the mirror and literally given myself a hug. I know that spending quality time with myself has also been huge when I give myself full presence to be still, to get to know my emotions, to journal, to meditate, to turn inward. Um, I've traveled alone by myself before. I take myself out to dinner, although it's been a while since this, you know, the pandemic kind of disrupted a lot of the whole going out thing for a lot of us. But think about how you can spend quality time with yourself. Words of affirmation. Can you speak to yourself kindly? Can you give yourself a compliment? Can you look in the mirror and say, yes, I look good today. Can you look at a part of your body that you otherwise hate and show appreciation for it? The way we speak to ourselves is definitely a helpful way to solidify your relationship to yourself and make it a much better one. Now, in this last season of my life, I went through my first birth, a very bumpy breastfeeding journey. I I went through postpartum depression. It, It was a really hard time for me. And at the same time, it was a really beautiful time for me that I wanted to remember and have it crystallized. And I kind of really wanted Evan to come through and do something to mark this moment. And then I realized what an amazing opportunity it would be to gift myself something to solidify this moment that is truly all mine. So I decided to get myself a gift for all of it, for becoming a mom, for going through labor, for getting through those early, really troublesome months for me, for going through pregnancy. I want to mark this moment 
of my life. So I got myself a pair of earrings and I love this gift for myself because every single day when I look in the mirror, I'm reminded of my strength and what I've overcome. And in doing so, I've realized that this idea of love languages is rarely used to show ourselves love. And whether it's a gift or a word of affirmation or an act of service that you can show for yourself, whatever it is, don't be afraid to give yourself exactly what you need. Stop waiting for someone else to fill in this hole. By doing this, I'm not resentful at all that my partner Evan hasn't filled that void for me. Instead, I feel so much more self-sufficient. I've built my self-esteem and I'm really proud of myself that I continue to invest in my relationship to myself because that's what life is about. Over and over again, we are tested on how we can show up for ourselves, how we can get to know ourselves. And this is one example of how you can be your own best friend. It's truly difficult in a world where we are codependent a lot of the time on other people. And as beautiful as that is to form relationships with another, it's also important that we solidify that relationship to ourself first and time and time again. So I ask you to think about what your love languages are and how you can show up for yourself knowing what you need today. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. The next topic on Lisa Lately is the concept that food is medicine. I'm a registered dietitian, and some of you may be familiar with my work. Maybe some of you aren't. Some of you might be rolling your eyes and being like, yeah, you're a registered dietitian. Of course, that's what you think. And others might think that that's not in line with my philosophy and that that's actually a toxic sentence. A lot of people in the anti-diet world have been fed the idea that thinking about food as medicine positions everything else as toxic, but that totally misses the gray area. For me, food that isn't medicinal or super nutritional isn't poison or toxic, and I believe that there's room for it all. So I want to break this down for a second. I truly believe that food is meant to be medicine in some instances. Food has really powerful properties. But when food does not have those medicinal components, when it's not the utmost nutritional food, that doesn't make it poison or toxic or bad. And I think if we can acknowledge this gray area, we can truly learn to nourish our body and have a flexible relationship with all foods. So part of what I'm feeling really emboldened to do in this next part of my career is go back to my roots in education and provide for the masses education about food and nutrition so we can feel empowered. I believe that education about food that we eat is the most powerful weapon against diet culture and the most powerful tool to nourish and take the best care of our bodies. I believe that food can be medicinal and with education around food and its amazing properties, we can shift our relationship to food and our bodies in general. It can be inviting and exciting. We are meant to interact with food all of the time and far more deeply and intimately than we do. We're meant to grow our own food, slice everything ourselves, and convenience has robbed that from us. Convenience has also helped things in many ways, but it's helpful to think about how convenience has also broken our connection to food and not allowed us to foster this really positive, appreciative one with it. I believe reconnecting, re-understanding food and nutrition and learning how to take care of ourselves can unlock a powerful new relationship to food that a lot of us haven't had the opportunity to experience before because we've been so focused on numbers, calories, carbs, etc. So this was inspired because recently I was sick and I shared on Instagram about a thyme tea remedy. So if you're ever congested, you get fresh thyme leaves and you steep them in hot water for about 15 minutes, then you drink the water. When I was pregnant and I couldn't use over-the-counter medications, I did this and I was shocked by the benefits. I, it was like, why are we not doing this all along? And anytime I work with food and find a remedy or experience something so immediate and undeniable, it fully reinvigorates my initial desire to become a nutritionist, to reconnect with food, to appreciate it, to recognize the role of nature and all that it has to offer us. 
What drew me to nutrition originally was that I wanted to learn about the amazing things that food does for us. I was disheartened when I got to school and I, I loved different parts of school that was so focused on science and disease, but we never actually got to prevention and actually learning about food and nutrition and its properties in the way that I wanted to learn about it. And I think that learning about food and its medicinal properties is an amazing way to reconnect with food, to feel empowered, that will then later translate into us appreciating food, going beyond calories, carbs, or even sugars, and really looking at what food has to offer us rather than how little we should have because we're afraid of it. As I you know, brought a daughter into this world, I certainly want her to have a positive relationship to food. And I don't want to be talking about the anti-diet culture for the rest of my life. Instead, I want to teach her from the get-go about food and how incredible it is and, it's, and how it's meant to be consumed by our bodies to help heal us and nourish us. I, of course, want to disclaim here that although I'm for eating more real, unprocessed, whole food, I do recognize that that is a privilege to be able to in our country and our society. There is an obstacle to obtaining fresh, nutritious foods when it comes at a high price and it's not available for all people. The conversation shouldn't just end there. Just because it's a privilege to eat nutritious foods doesn't mean we should purely rely on convenience. There's a much bigger conversation to look at here that involves our food system, public policies that need to change. That's for a separate conversation, but I do think it needed to be included in this topic as I do talk about how powerful food can be. So you can expect me to be talking a lot more about nutrition, educating in a way that is empowering and hopefully excites you in a way to bring more diverse foods into your life and have fun with it again. The last topic for Lisa Lately this month is on sleep. This isn't really a Lisa lately as much as it's a Lisa ongoing thought process for a long time. I've struggled with sleep for a long part of my life, so you've probably heard me talk about different things that have worked. Today, I'm going to talk about it a little bit more deeply. I'm going to be sharing what I'm doing to get quality sleep and hopefully get you thinking about how you can too. Sleep is the most important health behavior we can partake in. We talk all about our morning routines and our workouts and our green juice and food, but if we're not getting proper rest, our bodies can't function and we can't do any of those things in a way that feels good. We never have to force our health behaviors. They should feel good. And without sleep, we can't make healthy choices. We can't wake up and have a morning routine if we're sluggish and it's literally painful. This isn't about discipline or pushing through. It's about recognizing that sleep is fundamental, misunderstood, and so many of the things that we do around health and we talk about when it comes to our health behaviors actually conflict with getting quality sleep. So we have something called the glymphatic system I've been talking about for years. You may be more familiar with the lymphatic system. The lymphatic system in our body clears toxins and waste, but the brain has its own system too. As we think, as we do everything in life, our brain is producing waste. In order to empty the waste, we need to get quality sleep. That's when the garbage truck comes into our brain, takes out the waste and moves it out. But again, that only happens when we get the good quality. We have been conditioned to focus on hours quantity when quality is really what's important. 
becoming a mom has definitely disrupted my sleep and my bedtime hygiene. So I'm like back at square one here, figuring it all out. I always have a monitor next to my head. I've been very dependent on my cell phone to look at all these different things for her over the last few months. And I'm super alert. So I'm feeling just disrupted and disjointed. And I'm looking to kind of get back to taking care of my sleep now that her sleep is a little bit better. Going to bed earlier has been the most important thing so that I can optimize the amount of time that I have to get those deep, deep Z's, even if there are some disturbances. But let's talk about weekends and vacations, because this is where I'm thinking completely differently than ever before. I recently went on vacation and the best part about it was I was in bed by nine or 10 each night. Normally, when we think about vacations and weekends and times to unwind, we think about staying up late, binge watching TV, having late dinners, drinking alcohol. But a lot of the things that we do to quote unquote recharge or unwind actually deplete us. Now, I'm not saying that you can't consume alcohol or watch television. It really depends on your relationship to those things and the quantity in which you consume. But when it comes to sleep, a lot of people don't realize what affects it negatively. So understanding the actual effects on these things can help us make the best choices. So alcohol, for example, a lot of people use it as a way to sleep, but in reality, it might put you to sleep immediately but it's disrupting that quality. You're not getting that good REM sleep. The waste in your brain can't properly remove itself. You're getting up a million times a night to go to the bathroom. So when you wake up in the morning, you're not feeling recharged. You're going to feel sluggish. Television disrupts our natural melatonin production. That bright light has an impact on our brain and our chemistry. A lot of people fall asleep easily to television. I'm personally not one, but regardless, it does have an impact on our body's ability to produce and maintain that melatonin, that sleepy hormone that helps us fall and stay asleep. So that's something that I'm actively reworking on right now is figuring out how to have good bedtime hygiene, which really is about having a, an entire day that considers my sleep for the night so that I can have the best quality sleep. That is the number one thing for my health and my mental health specifically. And it's also the number one thing that has to go out the window when you have a baby. Um, there's no way to be a new mom or have a new baby in general and get that quality sleep in the beginning because the babies do need to eat every few hours. It's not a restful time, but now that the hardest part is kind of behind me, it's time for me to repick up good habits that kind of trickled away. So here are some things that I'm doing. I'm sleeping with my cell phone out of my room again. I put the alarm on and I put it in my bathroom so it's close enough that I could hear it in the morning, but it's far enough away that I'm not playing with it and the energy is away from me. I'm journaling before bed and or uh, reading a book. I'm going to be avoiding television for the most part and I'm really taking time to not have the screen in front of my face so that my body can produce the melatonin naturally. 
I'm making sure that I'm clean and I'm getting into fresh sheets. It's really important for me that my hands are super clean. It might sound weird, but the last thing I do after I put that phone down is I wash my hands. I get all those technology vibes off of it. And also any remainder of food from cooking or eating that is on my hands, I don't want anything to take away from my good sleep. It's really important to have a pristine environment. I keep the room cool and research shows that this actually does help with our quality of sleep and feeling alert when we wake up. I stay away from caffeine past 10 or 11 a.m. as well as chocolate. So I love chocolate. I love chocolate covered almonds. Those you all know are my jam. But if I am having my chocolate covered almonds, I usually do that for like an afternoon snack dessert. And then I'm a little bit more conscious about what I'm having after dinner if I'm having dessert and try to avoid chocolate, which naturally does contain caffeine. I also use earplugs. I put them in just enough so that I could hear the baby monitor in case she needs me, but also enough that it drowns out any distracting noise that disturb me. All right, that concludes this week of Lisa Lately. I hope there were some takeaways for you. Of course, I love your feedback on this episode. I'd also love to hear what you think of our new branding. Be sure to follow on Instagram over at The Truthiest Life. And thank you for joining me. I'll see you back here next week. Michael Rappaport and I'm Kibi Rappaport and together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.